Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's focus on the Fed for a second with Bruce Richards, Marathon Asset Management Chairman and CEO. Bruce, good to see you on Fed Day. Alex, great to see you. When and why? When and why? Yes. When? Well, that's probably, in my mind, my base case, June of next year. Mm -hmm. um, the why? And it could come earlier, but that would be data dependent. The why is data dependent. And data is inflation coming down to two, or we're really going to slow moving towards a recession. And so that would be, you know, the why. Now, the ECB, because you asked the question about the Fed versus ECB Bank of England, the ECB goes first because their economy is already around a recession right now. Germany probably, yes, there's yep. two or three countries that are in recession. And so I think the ECB goes first. So one thing people aren't thinking about is if the ECB goes first and the Fed turns out to be higher for longer, while everyone thinks the dollar is going to be weakening next year versus the euro, the dollar will rip on that. Hmm. Um, so the ECB and the Fed are going to be cutting for different reasons, Bruce, is what you're basically saying. The, the, the Fed can cut because inflation's coming down and, and as a result of which it can stay restrictive, but it can still cut. The ECB's cutting because the economy is slowing and it needs to cut. In terms of the order of magnitude, therefore, how should we be thinking about it? If the Fed just kind of needs to cut a little, what does a little look like? If the ECB's got a bigger problem, what does that look like in terms of the order of magnitude? So let's talk about the Fed first. And, and so the Fed meeting today, and you know, every quarter they come out, not every meeting, but every quarter they come out with their dot plot curve, and, and the dot plots are going to be very revealing today. And so the market's expecting five cuts next year. Mm -hmm. I think the market's way ahead of itself. I think it's probably two, maybe three tops, but probably two. But those dots are going to be really reveal, re revealing. Because 5.5% funds today will probably be four and three quarters at the end of next year, and it's not what people are expecting at all. I'd also say when I was looking back at data over the last decades to when we had a normal yield curve, and when things were more normalized back in the 90s, you had the Fed increase rates rather sharply by 300 base points beginning February of 1994. And they raised rates to 6% from 3%. And they brought it down by 75 basis points over the course of a year, only to raise it 25 basis points. Mm -hmm. So anyone that thinks they know the path of this Fed funds rate over the next two or three years should look back at the charts of 1990s right. and, and just be humble by the fact you really don't because you don't know where the so, economy so, is going to be. So but, to, but to the point, just I think... To jump if, in there listen, for, growth, if, if the... If the Sorry, just to jump in. If the, if the Fed is therefore cutting because of inflation, there is a greater risk that, it, that we see hikes further down the road because inflation can be fickle. Whereas if they're cutting from a point of view of slowing growth, that's a different ballgame and those, those cuts are more likely to stick. Uh, am, am I hearing you right? Well, well, yes. What, I, what I'm saying is it's all data dependent. Inflation is coming down. It's coming down rather sharply. But what we saw for the CPI yesterday is inflation sticky around 4%, but I'm going to call it 3 to 4%. So getting to 2%, you're not getting there in the next several months. And so I don't think the Fed's moving in March like the, mar the market seems to 
to think. And so I think it's a little later than that for the first move. But I think the, the Fed will win and they'll get inflation down to 2%, no doubt in my mind. So they'll be able to normalize rates. What is normal is the big question. And, and, and normal means a normal yield curve. And so from a normal standpoint, I think that one has to think of the end game when you look out two years and say, hey, where is inflation? Probably 2%. Mm -hmm. Where is then the Fed fund rate? That's the question. If inflation is 2, and we haven't seen normal since 08 because we had QE, we had the ZERP world that we lived through, we had zero rates that we went back into, and, and then we went to f up 525 base points with an inverted yield curve. It hasn't been normal for a long time, and a lot of people don't remember normal. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about normal, Fed funds would be free if inflation is two, maybe it's two and a half if inflation is two. And then you can start to spot your curve, because if Fed funds are two and a half, the two-year note's three, I'm just saying on average, mm -hmm. normal, which puts 10-year yep. notes around 4%, which is normal, a 200 base point real rate off of inflation. People don't know what normal is. And one thing I think Powell is going to get to by the end of his term, which doesn't expire until you know, the, the second quarter of 2026, yeah. is to normalize interest rates and to normalize the yield curve, which we haven't had since before Bernanke and before yep. Janet Yellen. So and so he wants to make that his legacy. So, Bruce, in that environment, in the beginning of the year, we were talking about this, the golden age of credit, right, or the golden era of credit. In that environment, is it? Because you, you like credit, but you also like distressed debt. In that environment, I don't, I don't see the distress then necessarily. Well, I think they do coexist, okay. but the bigger picture is the economy is just fine for right now, mm -hmm. and, you know, and markets are doing quite fine. They're functioning for right now. But are they really? So let's dig into that for a second. So number one, to answer your question, is the golden era of credit. High yield bonds are up over 10% this year. Leverage loans, and these are, you know, liquid credit is up 11%, actually more than 11% this year. And private credit is well over 12% this year. And so all the private credit markets and public credit markets are really doing quite well with these higher rates. And we're printing money. Mm -hmm. And lots of credit managers are printing money. At the expense of some equity returns, we're getting generating a really high rate of return. So I think while that is, exists, you can also have dislocation and distress. How can you have dislocation and distress when you just had a 5.2% GDP number? Yep. How do you have that? Well, let's look at the high yield market and leveraged loan market, which is 5.1 trillion in US and Europe. Right. So there's about 10% of that market 10%, which is 500 billion, that's rated triple C. Mm -hmm. 500 billion is rated triple C. Do you know that in Europe, Guy, you probably know this, in Europe, there hasn't been a triple C issuance in the high yield bond market since January of 2022. Not one deal yep. in two years. And so is that market functioning? Are a lot of those companies going to get restructured? Absolutely. A lot of dislocation, a lot of distress, despite it being the golden era of credit, despite performance being what it is. Then look at the real estate markets. $5.6 trillion of debt in the real estate markets. I think the default rate for real estate is going to be about 10% before this history chapter mm -hmm. is written, which is $560 billion of real estate. And so the banks are not in position to make these loans. You know, one thing we should talk about is Basel III endgame. This is going to have such an impact on the credit markets mm -hmm. and what it means for the banks. Yep. And it's coming down the pike in a very 
big way, and it's going to have a meaningful impact for all banks that have $100 billion of assets or greater. And there's 30 banks, from J.P. Morgan, the biggest, to banks like Key Bank and Fifth Third, and mm -hmm. lots of banks that, that are going to have to have 20% more reserves against the risk-weighted assets than they have today. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. And it means a okay. lot of those banks aren't going to be able to extend these loans. And there's not enough capital in the private credit market to fill in the bank void there. And so we're going to have to be out there raising a lot of money to but keep the wheels going. And so is this the golden okay. era of credit Bruce, with these high Bruce, rates? When, when Absolutely. The, you, you can, you, I, I can almost see you salivating. Um, um, when, the, when the real estate truck hits, who do, you just talked about the banks. Who does it hit? How hard does it hit? Does it all come at once? Can I, just kind of walk me through what you see 2024 looking like for real estate. I know a lot of people that work in real estate. They're all waiting for the truck to hit. It's kind of, there's, there's a few little accidents happening here and there, but nothing major yet. They know it's coming. So there's $500 billion of debt, a little bit more than that, $525 billion of debt in the commercial real estate market. That matures calendar year 2024. And so that's coming our way, coming to a theater near you. And so I think if you're in real estate, you're on your knees and you're by your bedside and you're saying your prayers, that the Fed is going to come to the rescue and lower rates and allow for the financing markets to open up and allow for debt to get rolled. But the problem is, I don't think it comes in time to really rescue you know, a big chunk in the marketplace. So office is under a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're related and you have the best office in New York City and around the country, you're sitting there pretty, you're so well capitalized, um, you know, and, and, but if you're a BC property owner and you're on Third Avenue or in San Francisco or wherever you are around the country <laughs> and you don't have those rental increases and you only get a 50% LTV loan and the value of the property is down 30 to 40% to start with, there's very so little you, equity worth. So what are you buying? There. And, and so, so we're we've been buying the debt on good quality product. We've been buying it for the CMBS market and we've been issuing loans at the highest loan rate you know, in a generation for real estate lending. So we love real estate lending. But where does it come? It starts with office, but it doesn't start with your better quality properties. It starts with the B and C properties. And, yep. and, and then, it, then it trickles down to uh, if you bought it in the wrong vintage, 2020 or 2021, and you have any financing needs coming up, that's a problem because you probably overpaid by 25, 30%. And, and a good deal of the equity is, is yep. then scratched, at least on a mark-to-market -market basis. But when it comes to financing, You'll, you'll have to really dig into the loans. But listen, you know, there are loans that are coming out of the banks in, in, in big size, and, and, and so firms like ours can come and, and provide that mezzanine de debt financing, can provide the senior okay. financing, and, and fill that void. Bruce, when I, when I asked where the truck was going to hit, I didn't think you were going to be as specific as Third Avenue. I, I, that's that's <laughs> I feel like quite, quite specific in terms of the... Friends, it had Lex to it. Well, Lex has more empty storefronts right now okay. than Third. But. Lex and Third, the truck's coming. Okay. Bruce Richards, such a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Bruce Richards, Marathon Asset Management Chair and CEO. Thanks, Bruce. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way.
Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 